Welcome. You found Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz, and while I am an attorney, the Buzz Off Show is not legal advice. Instead, it's a weekly look at all of the buzz surrounding drones, autonomous vehicles, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. Find us each Wednesday on America's Web Radio from 2 to 3 in the afternoon, or find podcast versions of the show under Lawyer Liz on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, your favorite podcast streaming service. And for today's show, we have an exciting guest, or at least a missed guests in that our intrepid roving political and entertainment and policy correspondent Rob Graham will be joining us for an update on all the latest he has found in entertainment as well as drones and public policy. So we had apologized for missing him on prior shows, just uh, kept running out of time, but instead we said, you know, Rob, we'll give you an entire guest spot on the show to file all these reports. So stay tuned after our bust or must is Rob gives us the rundown and his thoughts on, in particular, what's going on with DJI drones and the Army potentially saying they're a no-fly, no-go zone. And anyway, without any further ado, we'll go through a breakdown of the this week's bust or must list. And in addition to all the usual suspects in that, of course, drones being spotted, drones being sighted, drones being regulated, one of the reports that's coming out is what would happen if your passenger, your uh, Delta next Delta flight, American Airlines, United, whomever, was autonomous, was had no pilot on board at all, and would you care? So for some folks, well, it's a heck no, but. Is it coming? Is it the next wave? We've seen proposals for uh, Uber taxi, autonomous drones with passengers, but hmm, not sure we're ready for that on a larger scale. And two, would you have to pay more or less for having a pilot on board? And what happens if things start to go sideways? But Enough of that until it's real. Uh, Amazon is preparing a and has been filing a flurry of patents, ramping up for their delivery drones via Prime Air. Most of the patents so far seem to be, well, not necessarily a bust or a must yet, but a must from a logistics standpoint. They're focused on the infrastructure, not the aircraft necessarily themselves. One that is particular, hits particularly close to the buzz off show in that it is a beehive type tower. So of course, with all the bees of, or the buzz of drones coming and going, well, 
we have to give a must to the name or concept. Uh, one of the things we're not quite sure conceptually how it will work is one idea was with parachutes and the shipping labels. Well, hmm, that could be interesting. Either your address is a giant parachute, well, giant in comparison to the drone, but fascinating concepts nonetheless as Amazon ramps up for Amazon Prime Air or Amazon Prime Air. Now, Amazon's Alexa has been in somewhat of the privacy debate because they're debating how and whether to release transcripts of your Amazon Alexa searches to developers. Well, what does that mean? And right now, if you are developing programs or working with Amazon Alexa, you can get certain information, perhaps how many times someone used their device, what sorts of searches were being conducted, but you're not getting access to that, the native language, the recordings or the data from the actual searches themselves. So from a developer standpoint, that permits having access to that information permits them to better tweak and tailor the algorithms and the software. But from a privacy standpoint, suddenly you're getting exactly what I've been saying. So before that becomes too much of a bust, it's something that Google Home already does. It already releases this information on its searches to developers. So to the extent uh, Google tends to get a bust from full integration into our privacy lives or private lives between our emails, our Google searches, and obviously now Google Home, Amazon Alexa struggles to keep up with its market share or how to stay on the cutting edge because just because you're winning today does not mean you're winning tomorrow. So as they debate that from a privacy consideration, it gets a bit of a bust. But then again, if you're already using Amazon Alexa's, the Echo, the Google Home, eh, you've probably already opened the door. Something that gets a bit of a bust for as we prepare for the robot takeover was the Atlas robot in a a, the five foot nine human esque robot famous for demonstrating its abilities to walk around, uh, complete certain tasks. Well, it showed it's probably closer to human than we might have expected in the sense of it has a big uh, demo on stage at MIT and proceeds to, after demonstrating, oh, how to pick up a box, how to interact with a smaller robot as that smaller robot began playing Lucy and Charlie Brown with the football where Atlas would go to pick up the box. The smaller robot would move it just a little bit further out of its reach, go to pick it up a little bit further out of its reach. Eventually, at the Atlas robot, uh, in this case, the smaller one took pity uh, 
unlike how Lucy ever took pity on poor Charlie Brown, but instead took pity on Atlas and let it capture or pick up the box. Well, as the Atlas robot went to leave the stage while the presenter continued talking, managed to trip over a stage light and collapse in a heap off the curtain. So, quite frankly, we've all been there, we've all done that, and gives us a little bit of breathing room for the impending, knowing that ah, the robots aren't quite perfect yet. One thing that gets, well, it's a myth that has yet to be uh, fully busted by all, based on all of the Bigfoot shows and uh, hunting and tracking and fantastic monsters and creature shows, but a group out of North Carolina has once again claimed to have spotted a big photograph of Bigfoot in a North Carolina forest. So whether it truly is Bigfoot, whether science will solve this, who knows, For the moment, because, well, I'm just still laughing over the fact that there's an entire group chasing Bigfoot through the hills or the mountains of North Carolina. So, if we're talking about chasing and trying to track down things, one of the uh, side effects of that is, well, how are you doing it? Are you doing it via GPS, uh, tracking locational navigation, or are you going old school when you're in the mountains? Probably going a little more old school because of issues with cell phone, cellular, and satellite access. Well, because of cyber threats in the landscape. Apparently, too many, uh, listening to too many of the Buzz Off show topics on issues with GPS location information, accuracy, or at least the potential for some of that, then on the navigation and maritime navigation, there have been stories coming out that different countries and navies are beginning to shift away from solely relying on the GPS technology and instead developing or bringing back, they're taking it back, kicking it old school. They're looking at different radio signals-based technology for their navigation systems, or at least as a backup. Never a bad thing to have redundancies built in, but keep your eyes posted as long as we don't start using uh, smoke signals type things when, hey, sometimes those may be the best. But uh, if we're looking as well, another hot topic that touch on slightly, but then let it continue to play out. And the joke being Google's motto, don't be evil, whether it still plays true after a kerfuffle over the past week where an employee uh, released an internal manifesto of sorts and the in the fiery aftermath of such found himself uh, without a job 
on Monday morning. So it is a reminder that as Amazon Alexa and other electronic devices, uh, be it Twitter, the Internet, the IoT-connected devices, nothing we say or do, uh, one, we can't take it back. Sometimes uh, our most well-thought-out ideas don't always play out as we had hoped. And in this case, whether he regrets releasing the memo or perhaps should have kept the ideas well, more fitting to just discuss amongst friends. Who knows? But at the end of the day, don't be evil if you're with Google, but also be aware that what you say and do, uh, Amazon and Google are listening. Well, and with that, we're going to go to our commercial break. And when we come back, we'll hear from Rob Graham, our political and entertainment correspondent, but you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. And we were speaking before the break of going through the Buster Must list and are excited to welcome back to the show. And again, we are so sorry we haven't been able to fit in his segments, but our uh, roving and intrepid on-the-scene political and entertainment reporter, Rob Graham, has joined us once again and hopefully has a lot to share in his long absence from the show. But Rob, welcome back. Hi, glad to be here. Now, uh, where are you, or where all have your travels of late taken you? I mean, you have been a busy bee collecting all the buzz for the show. Uh, where you, yeah. What else have you been doing? Well, the only place of note has been DEFCON uh, last week. 
know, Hacker Summer Camp with Defcon B-Sides, Black Hat. Well, excellent. Excellent. We look forward to some of your reports from there. But in the meantime, in the entertainment world, uh, Atomic Blonde, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and more importantly, I guess, Spider-Man Homecoming have all used technology, be it the retro atomic blonde take from the 80s and 90s. And going forward to Spider-Man Homecoming, have you seen a few movies lately? Well, yes, those movies, yes. <laughs> Excellent. That's what that's what makes you such an important uh, entertainment correspondent. That you know you, you actually keep up with a few things. Yes, Atomic Blonde was was um, pretty darn cool, actually. From the from the point of view of where we were and where things are going, you know, it's it's an action flick. But it took place in uh, Berlin when the wall's coming down. And that's a, a great backdrop for a movie because today's politics, really, that was the juncture between the post-World War II era and the modern era. The, the dividing line is is when that wall came down. And it also harkens back to there weren't cell phones. There weren't as many of the fancy tricks of the trade that we have now. The the Internet of Things, not everything was connected. And so to set the stage, I mean, you can't exactly ask Siri for directions to something or call in the, you know, hit your watch and get... Uh, Google directions or something. I mean, how how is that in stark comparison? Well, it's kind of interesting because if you watch a movie from 1989, it was actually made in 1989, you, you feel that lack of cell phones and computers and other technology. And um, so it, it, the movie seems weird because you don't have the technology. And Atomic Blonde's kind of cool because... Is written today, the movie, and then it goes back and kind of shows you uh, a world from today's perspective without technology. So now, it, rather than being like a hole in the movie that you know we kind of like wonder about, it's uh, a feature of the movie that we like marvel about. For example, the um, the good guys. So there's a set of good guys helping the the, the hero of the movie, the heroine. Um, and they're kind of like East German hackers playing Tetris on their really, really, really old computers with 8-bit sound and stuff. And um, so that, that was kind of cool to see how how these period pieces work from the modern era looking backwards. Now, did it make you nostalgic for Tetris? No, but it made me kind of a little bit nostalgic because back in the day, I played Tetris on a really, really bad computer. You know, I I recall fighting my brothers for their uh, Game Boy and hoping we had packed enough batteries on the road trip to permit you know Tetris binges. But it, compare that with what we saw in Spider Man Homecoming. I mean, when anytime you have both Spider Man but Tony Stark involved, uh, spoiler alert, it's going to involve the most cutting-edge technology. Well, yeah, that's, that's also like a, um, a period piece looking into the future, I guess, all sci-fi. 
Um, but what was interesting was, you know, we have in the old days when we had Spider-Man, we had Spider-Man was just the big thing about Spider-Man was his his own abilities and that he had a suit just to cover himself. And in the Tony Stark world, uh, everything is laden with technology. The bad guys are using alien technologies, and even just a simple cloth suit apparently has lots of features that Tony Stark put in it. Well, and when you bring up the hidden feature, so spoiler spoiler alert uh, for those who haven't seen the movie yet, it has, as you know, the kind of, training wheels concept of hidden within the suit are all these features that similar to a video game you have to earn the right to you know reach that level to use it uh, what do you think would you have hacked your way through well it's kind of interesting in the movie how they basically jailbreak the suit that they hack into the suit just like any jailbreaker works off of jailbreaking your iphone or jailbreaking a dji drone um it's all kind of the same concept well and similar to jailbreaking i I wonder that whether there was a dmca uh, research exemption for jailbreaking a the suit. I mean, we now have them for cell phones and you know, voting machines, as such as we saw at uh, Hacker Summer Camp. But somehow, I don't see an attorney having gotten one of those exemptions for a Spider-Man suit. I mean, how would that read? Well, I think in the case of of Marvel's universe, that the, the Spider-Man suit had a number of illegal features. You know, weapons and such that, um, you know, you would have to get around first before you started actually, you know, prosecuting the kids for hacking a suit. And one might argue that he had authorized, truly had authorized access. He just may not have known it. Well, that's an interesting question. You know, um, Tony Stark loaned him the suit and took it back when he was unhappy with Spider-Man or Spider-Boy in this case. Um, so um, was it owned by and uh, Tony Stark or was it owned by Spider-Man? And did Spider-Man have authorization? Was he violating the CFAA? One of the interesting things of, and I think more movies should, should explore this in the future, is that every vi- every criminal violation in the future will also be a violation of the anti-hacking law, the CFAA, because everything in the future... Um, it is a unauthorized access of a computer. So if you steal a car, cars are full of computers. Even old cars are full of computers, and, you, and you're driving away with them is unauthorized access. Or entering a building, you're you know swiping a forged key card through the little swiper thing. Well, that's a computer, so you've you've had unauthorized access with that computer. So pretty much everything you do nowadays will be a violation of the CFAA. So yeah, so Spider-Man probably violated. The CFA many ways hacking Tony Stark's suit. Well, in building on the CFA in the of the future, that everything from if I hack into a, a light bulb or don't necessarily have permission, perhaps I see a light bulb that's out in you know, somebody's building or a hallway, and I just decide to fix it on my own by taking out the IoT LED light bulb and putting in a different one, have I then unauthorized access or to a computer? 
See if I start doing anyone any favors. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Well, were there features that or technology that they got right in Spider-Man in the sense of with some of the movies, and we saw with a couple, you know, the latest Fast and the Furious, whether you could actually do what they were doing. Eh, some of it maybe, some of it no. Uh, was there anything that stood out in Spider-Man that absolutely that, that was spot on? You could see something like that happening, or overall was it still just so far-fetched? I think you'd have to probe my, or, or remind me, <laughs> of what was there because um, I can't recall anything that was any anywhere close to realistic so you know one of the things like with uh, Fast and Furious is they take a, a, a at least a kernel of possible truths like you know being able to remotely hack a car to then go extreme on that um, away from what's possible but in the case of Spider-Man and, and Iron Man they're pretty much just on their own like with no relationship they don't even start from reality to begin with and so there's really nothing there to talk about well true and with some of the the drone uh, use of this little micro mini drone you know, the speed and agility, we're not there yet. And being able to, I'm assuming, constantly charge the battery by being connected to his suit, you'd have to have something because certainly battery life is not uh, or is a challenge that plagues many folks today. In fact, my recommendation to someone is always buy a second, you know, have a backup or two or three. So certainly aspects like that, but where do you see with these dormant hidden features? Is that something certainly seeing now, but where do you see that going? Yeah, because the, the, the suit that Tony Stark gave um, the kid, Spider-Man, was was started with training wheels, and that over the course of the movie, found out that the suit had better and better capabilities, which he eventually j- jailbroke and then enabled them all. And that's how drones work today. Um, drones are more and more have features for um, the average person, like a DJI Phantom 4, which is what I have, it has the training wheels mode of cameras that will not, uh, will stop the uh, drone from, from crashing into anything and only going 20 miles an hour. And it's really, it's really easy to fly it around and not worry about crashing into things. And then it's got a couple other advanced modes. And one of them is this fast racing mode. It goes 40 miles an hour and will happily crash into things if you, if you try. It, um, so, and it, it, all these stabilization features go off. If you've ever flown a, D- a DJI Phantom 4, you just press a button and, and it takes off and hovers over ground over the same spot, even though there's a strong wind. So it's got cameras pointing down there so it doesn't move. It also uses the GPS. And if it, and if you fly too far away and lose radio contact, it knows how to fly home and then land where, where you, where it took off. So. Assuming you have accurately programmed in where home was. No, it, 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 it figures out, it records where home is when you take off. Which is good because otherwise, it, no telling where it may end up at, as home because a lot of them, you know, the company is a Chinese manufacturer. <laughs> well, it, it won't take off until it figure, in the training wheels mode. It won't take off until it can find home. 
So if you pl- if you place it on the ground and it can't see the GPS satellites, it complains and you have to move it until it finds out where the GPS is. Well, there you go. And so before we jump into our next commercial break, Rob, looking forward to picking back up with a little bit more of your reporting, both from the political as well as the entertainment uh, reports. But you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. problems with sinus pain and pressure? Do other people smell things that you don't? Have you lost the joy in eating because food just doesn't taste like it used to? Is your nose always stuffy no matter what you do? Maybe you have sinus or nasal polyps. These are generally benign growths that occur from chronic sinus infection or allergies that are either undertreated or have not been treated at all. At Peachtree ENT Center, We specialize in minimally invasive balloon dilation sinus surgery and correction of a deviated nasal septum and turbinate reduction surgery that can be done in the office. We use a state-of-the-art equipment so that you can see the problem. You will be a partner in your care, and together we will decide the course of treatment. We believe in old-fashioned medicine, where we take the time to fix the problem, not just medicate the symptoms. You can rest assured that all options will be offered before surgery is recommended, because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz. Find the Buzz Off show on AmericasWebRadio.com or podcast versions available on the website as well as Lawyer Liz on iTunes. And we're catching up today with our entertainment and political correspondent, Rob Graham. And Rob, before the break, you were giving us your long overdue entertainment report, but it raised several issues that are good, both political as well as consumer report when it comes to drones and other IoT connected devices and, I guess, Vehicles is a good way to say aircraft and vehicles when they have hidden features and particularly DJI is coming under fire for being a little too similar to uh, Spider-Man with some of these. So, Rob, what are your thoughts? I mean, you were mentioning how DJI drones with their you know initial training wheel mode, but... What happens when we've relied on that, uh, those features or those functions, and should we rely on them? For example, the DJI GPS uh, geofencing comes to mind. Yeah, that's a big thing, though. I, I think it's um, the geofencing thing is is coming down from the government as much as as anybody as anywhere else. The idea of geofencing for DJI is that it. Um, it, you can't fly it near airports, and so it looks. It's got a map, a recording, uh, 
every uh, software update has a list of all the airports and where they're located, and it prevents you from flying near airports or any other sensitive area. So, well, and the, it, there have been an expansion of where, for example, military installations, that definition has been expanded such that some of the geofencing around those has popped up. But if I'm relying on those training wheels, that the geofencing hasn't been or is going to operate accurately and keep me away from trouble, what happens You know, when it doesn't or if hackers take advantage of that? Because that's one of the things we've worried about seeing is all may not be as it seems and you don't always know. Well, uh, yeah, so the, the DJI has a bunch of vulnerabilities that allow hackers to break in and do all sorts of, of mischief, um, one of which is they jailbreak in to disable the geofencing. So um, one of the things with DJI is that they, they geofence like all of Syria and Iraq just to stop ISIS from being able to, to use the drones. Because ISIS moved from the battlefield, and what ISIS would do, they'd buy a DJI drone because they can fly really far away, like five miles. You can just have a, a, a GPS location, and the, GG, the DJI will fly five miles and, and drop down that location holding a bomb. And so that was considered a bad thing. So DJI updated their software to geofence all of Syria and um, parts of Iraq where, where ISIS was operating. So and ISIS- some of that, uh, to give a shout-out to Kevin Finisterre, who's a previous uh, Buzz Off show guest, that's one of the issues Kevin worked on was raising awareness of that. And DJI did the silent... Uh, under the radar update where when they added that those uh, areas to their geofencing uh, no-fly zones, they didn't really broadcast it. Well, they didn't broadcast it at all. They just added it. But Yeah, all, uh, all of my knowledge about this comes from KF, so yeah. <laughs> excellent. Well, I love it. Uh, our intrepid young reporter is learning, uh, and of course, you learned a lot of this from listening to the Buzz Off show episode with Kevin. Correct? Sure. <laughs> oh come on! Uh, see if we validate your parking next time or reimburse your uh, Starbucks run. Because well, we haven't ever done it. But uh, where do you see that going, though? Kind of back as more spaces are added and as more people play around with their uh, DJI aircraft as well as any other drones. Well, yeah, so the, the conversely is that all these hackers are looking at the DJI drones and jailbreaking them, just like they jailbreak their phones. And it's really easy to do with the DJI right now because there's not much protection. They have just casual protection against the casual consumer, but there's just such a large attack surface of well-known ways that hackers can break into it that it's really easy to jailbreak and disable that geofencing. Well, it- we saw some of the jailbreaking also in the automotive industry as well, and it really just what I'd call life hacks that people realize they can change settings on stuff. Is there or should there be a concern with other entities? So there was a recently leaked memo that is still subject to discussion and debate, but purportedly the Army, U.S. Army saying, use of DJI 
And it wasn't just the aircraft. It was the aircraft, the software, any systems, any accessories. It basically, they told them to take the batteries out of your device, not just turn it off, but remove the battery. Uh, is there much, do you, you know, with your knowledge of systems and how this stuff works, think they're going a little too far perhaps overblown hype is it a bust or a must well it's a little bit of both i I mean a a lot of hacker attacks start with you know it's purely theoretical it's unlikely to ever happen in the real world and then they weaponize it and make it easy just to give it to the hands of anyone to press a button and take control of things so like with dgi with radio waves um you know, yeah, it's it's unlikely until someone makes it easy, and then it's really easy to do. So, but but no one, it's kind of it's kind of a little bit over the top in that you always store your drone with the battery disconnected from it anyway, because you don't want the drone to be on all the time. So maybe that was a little bit going a little bit too far, but you know, it's it's a practical thing of if there's a weaponized exploit out there, then yeah, you want to be a little bit paranoid about it. Now, how? paranoid are you have you taken you know do you store yours with tinfoil wrapped around certain parts batteries in a separate location uh tape over cameras or eh, you figure you're putting on a show for anybody who's listening or watching yeah i don't care that says a lot. Well, in one of the other stories that, uh, side note, because we've previously talked about your infamous Tesla, uh, what do you think about, think about the folks who took their Tesla, left the key fob at home because, haha, let's see how this uh, feature of keyless operations from the cell phone, as long as you had the paired cell phone with you, went into the desert, lost cell signal, and car was a no-go. Was that really you, Rob? <laughs> no. no. But it, it is a thing, though, that, you know, um, I, I have I have not had my key fob with me and been too lazy just to walk inside upstairs back to the bedroom in order to get the key fob. And I've just unlocked it with my cell phone and drove away with the car. And if I'd driven to a location where out of cell phone range, I would not be able to drive home. Which, so that would have been bad. It would have been bad. And the other thing is you think, okay, a lot of places, uh, it surely everywhere has cell phone coverage. But there are parts of Atlanta and Sandy Springs that just for geographic, you know, topography reasons, they're still dead zones. I mean, just... Oh, there's always dead zones. There's like you know, behind a building or whatever. It's just a dead zone. You're kind of screwed. Well, so, so in Sandy how do you Springs, see that I probably impact? could walk, you know, a couple hundred yards to get cell phone signal to unlock my car, then walk back to the car. So it's not I'm not likely to experience this in Sandy Springs. One would one would hope not. But the next time we send you on assignment to uh, hacker summer camp out in the desert keep that in mind we do not want to have to reimburse for a workers comp injury that you may obtain having to walk miles in the desert so (laughs) 
consider yourself warned, and this should be a new buzz-off show policy. But getting back to the drones and some of the issues and challenges, DJI so far as of the this show has kept a low profile about it and you haven't seen a lot of news or press about this take out the batteries disconnect everything now memo that was leaked one assumes they're playing a serious behind the scenes press and PR game to figure out what exactly is going on what the risk is but what would you see as some of the ne- or expect to hear next on the research i mean researchers are certainly pointing out uh, kevin in particular hey there really is some stuff this data is going places you wouldn't have expected including the chinese government yeah, so the, the, the DJI, you, you can use your own phone in order to um, operate it, and it wants to have a live connection to the Internet in order to operate your drone. So when you, when you start your drone, it wants to have both a live connection to the Internet and a live connection to the GPS to the satellites before the, the drone will start. And it grabs all this information and drops it on the phone. And so after the flight, you've got the full map of where the drone went and all sorts of telemetry information about the about the drone. And I, I, I haven't looked into what information the phone will then upload to DJI, but this is something that all companies want, whether it's Tesla uploading your, your route up to Tesla or DJI to um, everything up to, uh, to, to DJI corporate headquarters or your Amazon Echo, um, taking all your vo- all the audio files and uploading them to Amazon. Uh, all companies want this data, and not for nefarious purposes, but for training, for to, to make their products better so that their artificial algorithms will work better when doing stuff. And... Um, in the future, this will be, this is where markets are going. The market leaders will not be the companies that innovate the fastest. They'll be the companies that get the best telemetry from their users the fastest. This is why Intel bought Mobileye. Not, Mobileye is the company that does the, uh, the vision stuff for cars, for backing up or for, for staying in the lane, for auto driving. And most cars that have any of these features are using Mobileye. And the reason Intel bought Mobileye for like $30 billion is not because of their market size so much as they're the ones that get the best telemetry back from those cars. So the Intel has the best data to train with. Um, D DJI is leveraging its market share in order to get the best data to train with. Uh, Amazon Echo is with uh, Google, is with the Google Voice, uh, or not the Google Voice, but the various Google uh, voice, um, voice activation features, uh, and uh, Apple with Siri. When I had my own company, Black Ice, doing network monitoring, this was one of the advantages we had, is we had uh, customers. It wasn't automated as it, as it is today, but we had customers sending us sample network traffic. And so we had the greatest view into samples of network traffic, able enabling us to build the better product because of that data we got from customers. So, Rob, you've been kicking it old school before data was really cool. Well done. Well, and we're going to head into the last commercial break, but we'll be right back on Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz.
Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. We've been talking today and catching up with our political and entertainment correspondent, Rob Graham. And, you know, Rob, we have apologized on prior shows because I know you've been saving up all these great reports and you've had all kinds of charts and graphs to show the listeners and so thank you for putting up, uh, being patient, and joining us today. Sure. What charts and graphs? Oh, yes. Uh, you know, you, you're great with the uh, PowerPoints and also the hand-drawn stuff. So uh, really the artistry that goes into your work yes. is superb. I've known for my hand-drawn diagrams. Well, the listeners appreciate it. They they really do. But we were talking or speaking before the break about you know, data and how it's, while nothing new, and that was part of the value in Black Eyes when y'all were working on it, that it, it's really shifted and that's where all the value is now. What should we be concerned with or should we? panic that all this data may be going places we didn't know or didn't intend from both the military as well as a non like local law enforcement to a critical infrastructure or other drone uses well it's one of those operations. things um, we, we want the engineers at these companies to have access to at least other people's data so um, so they can improve their products because that's the only way the products get improved. I mean, if you've ever used Siri um, to ask things, it's, it's pretty amazing how good it is. And that just comes from the vast quantities of data that they have. On the other hand, we don't want the companies using this data for nefarious purposes, like the, the rumor that Roomba, you know, the makers of the, the little uh, robot vacuum cleaner, they, there was rumors that they were going to sell that data to other people for marketing purposes, and that would be bad. Though I can't imagine exactly how that would work, what what data they would have other than the diagrams of how your house looked. Um, 
So uh, that kind of concerns us. The other concern, of course, is law enforcement, because law enforcement, the, the Fourth Amendment doesn't cover this, because it's their business records rather than our personal effects that are known by a third party. It's not covered by the privacy uh, features of the Fourth Amendment. The government does not need a warrant to, to get, grab that data. They well, just- unless, unless the state laws or policies have declared to be so. Correct. Unless the, yeah, it's, 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 it's it, they may be protected by the law, but they're not protected by the Constitution, by the bill. Automatically, of correct. So, um, thank you, Ms. Ms. Lawyer Liz. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> it's the day job, a hat coming on. So, uh, yeah, well, law's weird. I, 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 I don't understand all, all the little features, but, um, so the thing is, is that it's not protected. So the government, the police can can get all this data. So in theory, if uh, Amazon Echo is recording everything all the time and shipping it shipping it up to the mothership, the um, the police can just go get it and then go trolling through it for for data that might incriminate you in a crime. Uh, it's one of those those worrisome things with um, the, the quote that's probably mis misattributed to. Uh, Cardinal Richelieu from from French, the French Revolution era that uh, give me six lines written by the most honest man and I'll find something to hang them by. And that's the sort of thing that our data does is that if you're looking for something to incriminate us with, our data has that with, with it. You could take any of us just driving innocently around town, looking at the map, our GPS location, and also at some point in time, a crime will have happened near where our car has been stopped for a while, just by pure chance. And if you look at it from the other perspective of, well, here's their driving and here's the crime and there's the, no other data, it, it incriminates us. And so um, the idea that the government will be able to find things to incriminate us on for just because they suspect us, they don't like us or whatever else, uh, kind of makes me scared. Well, and admittedly, it's been years since I... I have used such sites, but a a new feature being advertised, for example, uh, with Match.com is that you can, and I have, again, without protesting too much, I don't know that my understanding is that you have to opt into this, but from the commercials, someone will say, oh, look, this potential match, I crossed with them six times today or we both frequent the same uh, bakery or Starbucks gosh now I know where we'll go get our coffee together that seems forget law enforcement that just seems creepy but on the other hand it's also great I mean it, it's a future of where you know you, you can't find your your match and now you suddenly can because technology Works. You know, computer dating started like in the 1960s or something with really stupid nonsense. I did not use it in the 1960s. And what? I did not use it during the 1960s. You did not. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. So, <laughs> it so it started. It was bogus. It's always been bogus. But now, with with such an enormous amount of data about ourselves, um, with you know, huge voice samples, you know, recording our location everywhere we've been, spying on us all day, night and day, computers will actually be able to find matches for us that are probably pretty reasonable. Well, either that or they'll be able to, you know, it, the stalker effect, but also it gives additional insights that, as you've talked about before, just because 
A and B exist doesn't mean that they equal C. And as you said, just because I was driving by a drugstore that later in the day was robbed doesn't mean I was the one to do it. Right, and and the fact that we um, keep visiting the same drugstores because we have actually very divergent diseases that make us incompatible. Well, you know, that may be a good feature is the why were you there, Uh, but... You know, whether if somebody always orders uh, unsweetened tea or puts sugar in their grits, I think that would be grounds for not matching. Right. <laughs> but that's who dares, a- you know, drinks unsweetened tea these days here in the South? That's just wrong. Oh, no. Or putting anything in your grits other than butter, cheese, and maybe sprinkling bacon on top because, well, Bacon goes with everything. Bacon goes with everything, yeah. But it it does raise a question of what both what can law enforcement uh, obtain, but with kind of circling back to the DJI, so we're worried about what data and information people can get. But are we should we also be concerned with the systems themselves in either someone hacking in or accessing and either manipulating the data before perhaps we've had a chance to see it or directing the aircraft to collect data that we didn't tell it to collect and didn't don't know it's collecting. Yeah. The thing that worries me the most along those lines is a hacker breaking in and adding data. So you're you're comfortably at home, but according to Match.com, you're just on the town doing all the bars because I'm adding that data because really simple hacks into your phone or into your Match.com account allow me to manipulate the data that way. But couldn't that almost be a side benefit of, no, no, honey, I I wasn't hitting the clubs. Uh, <laughs> I, I was home. Was see, see, but, Wait, look but, at my phone. But I did when not I go check. on my serial murder spree, of course, um, <laughs> that's what I'll exactly. do. I'll find some other likely potential perpetrator of these crimes. And then on their phone, make them appear, you know, the GPS location, that, that they were there every time these, these murders happened. And, of course, hacking my own phone data so that, according to my phone, I was not. Well, it, The plot it, of a movie it, that needs to be done. It, I think so. Well, it is David... Uh, David Meter in Kashmir Hill did a whole in-depth look last year. That information can be spoofed as it is just because of the nature of how the geolocational databases are set up that zero may not, you know, the location. Yep. Well, we didn't have a nearby coordinate, so we just guessed. Uh, that's already a concern, but the, then building entire stories or adding that information, and particularly if you're using a drone to capture or, in one case, you know, companies are wanting to use them for inspections to be able to manipulate the data of, oh, nope, this, this bridge is structurally sound. No, no damage. The, the drone came back and the data came back showing it's perfectly sound. Right. I mean, not that you would ever do such things. No, I would never. Except for when I do a serial murdering, then I, then I of course, do that. 
Excellent. So you're going to damage the bridge, and then when they do the drone inspections, it will look like it's great. Exactly. Until the bus with the intended victims drives over it. Right. So that crack that it widened with the acid, yeah, it does not appear, of course. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, don't worry. Law enforcement is not listening to this show, and nor will they ever. So your secret is safe with us. But, Rob, are there any parting thoughts now that you've been collecting all these entertainment and consumer report stories that you want to leave us with until your next interview? Uh, I don't know. Be very afraid. I think that's a good one. Everything's burning? Everything's burning. So at some point, we're going to have to decide. Are you going to be on the side of the machine people, or are you going to be one of the losers who get turns into a battery? And where do you plan to fall? Oh, I'm selling you out. You know, the first moment I get, the first chance I get. (laughs) All hail the machines? All hail the machine people. Excellent, excellent. Well, what are you keeping an eye on? What What's next on your entertainment radar? Movies you're excited to see? Well, there's the next Avengers, the uh, Inhumans stuff. Um, that's going to be exciting. And when are you going to upgrade the Tesla? I hear they've got some new toys coming out. So this is the bad thing about buying a Tesla. It's a really expensive car, and it means that Today, you're at the, the peak of technology, and tomorrow you aren't. Like My parents got a $35,000 uh, Subaru that's got a better backup sensor than I do. That mine does not beep at me when I'm backing up and someone starts walking across the, the back of the car. It doesn't tell me. I can see it, but it doesn't beep at me. My parents' car, though, it beeps at them. So that if you're, uh, if you're backing up and your, your attention wavers for a moment, like you're looking ahead while you're looking behind and you're looking ahead, um, it'll, and a child walks behind you, my parents' car will, will beep at them so they can stop. Well, what do you think about some of the new features uh, quickly? Should we pay attention? Or perhaps this is an assignment to look into, but where they can tell if the driver's watching the road or not. Eh, I don't know. The big feature to watch for is that every car, even the very cheapest cars, are going to have the, the, the self-driving features within a couple of years. So it's in the most expensive cars now where they stay in the lane and you can just sit back while you're cruising down the highway or in a traffic jam, you can sit back and read email instead of driving. It's not full self-driving. You have to like do the off, off and on ramps yourself and the stoplights yourself and so on. But it's for traffic jams and for long distance trips is awesome for both gasoline and electric cars. It'll have this feature and it's so cheap and so easy. All cars are going to have it within the next five years. So, um, whatever car you're going to buy, kind of like wait until the, the car model you want has that feature. Hang on to your existing car a little bit while longer. Well, words of wisdom, thank you, Rob, for joining us on the show today. You've been listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio.